0: To the whole show, powered by Chevron. It is a Friday, February 16th, 2024. We're live from the Allo Fiber Studios. Ready to go today, man. We've got a lot to get to. A big weekend coming up uh, in the Mountain West Conference, a big game tomorrow night for the UNC Bears. They lost at overtime last night to Portland State. I'll get into some of that. I'm going to have Kevin Lytle of the Colorado and join me again. To help us preview this game tomorrow night. It's a huge game. Absolutely huge game for the Rams. They they got I mean, after losing the especially the way they did to San Diego State, gotta find a way to rebound after after that one. And if they can beat Utah State, this make it'll make this conference just flip upside down. Just absolutely go nuts. Michael Kirkpatrick is sitting in, producing the show today. Angel has like a tooth thing going on, man. It's like his right, his uh, left side of his face is just swollen up, man. So I'm, I'm hoping he gets that figured out. He had to bust out of the out of here after the morning show. Michael stepping in, Mike. The beard's looking good. You're feeling good. How, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm a little worried about Angel. He was flipping a coin, and I'm like, oh my god, he's turned into two, into Two Face. Mm-hmm. It only took you
0: ten seconds to, to, go to go nerdy on this show. Hey, by the way. I was bored last night. My kid went to bed really early. My wife went to bed early. So I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to watch the new Deadpool when it comes out. I'm excited about it. So I went back to watch the first one. It was okay. It was, it's okay. I know you're a big Deadpool fan. So I, I just, it was Did right. you
1: not get any of the highbrow jokes? It was too, there were
0: too many, too many jokes. It was like Rodney Dangerfield, uh, but in a red suit. I mean, just zing, 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 zing. Just a lot, a lot for my brain. To, now, uh, to see, take in.
1: The one that has too many jokes is Deadpool 2. Deadpool oh, 2 has too many jokes. I haven't jokes. seen it. The the original one has the right amount.
0: No. No, we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. I don't know. Because the first one, it was like every word out of his mouth was a joke. So I don't know how you can be much worse than that.
1: My favorite part of the movie is like there's three jokes right in a row. Three jokes within ten seconds. And nobody gets... The first joke.
0: Mm, uh, I probably didn't get it. All right, poll question of the day. You know, what? no, let's do this. uh, Michael, I almost called you Angel. Michael, let's get to the good, the bad, the ugly, presented by FMS Bank. Banking made simple. For more on FMS Bank, check them out online at FMSbank.com/slash KFKA. The good for me. Congratulations are in order here. Caitlin Clark. Iowa's Caitlin Clark breaks the NCAA women's hoops scoring record. She, uh, I mean, what, what more can you say? She now has 3,569 career points. 49 of them. She scored 49 last night. And just, she's a sensational player. She's she's one of the players that I think are really generating interest in women's college basketball. So she is amazing for this game. So congratulations to Kaitlyn Clark. You're seeing all the... Celebrities and top athletes going out and and congratulating her, rightfully so. That was that was something else. And when you needed to break the record, you 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 left no doubt. Forty nine points. She needed eight to break the mark by Washington's Kelsey Plume. So she broke your Washington girls' record, who had three thousand five hundred and twenty seven. From 13 to 17.
1: I don't think broken describes it. I think
0: shattered, shattered it. Well, now she's gonna. Sh- I mean, she's got a few games left still too, so she's gonna pad that stat. The bad for me. UNC lost in overtime. It was a, it was it was a tough game, hard fuck game. They were down by 10 at the half, but the Bears did force this thing to overtime. How about uh, Jaron? Really, you know, with, with 27 points, and then St. Thomas had a. His, he leads the league he leads the big Sky conference in double doubles he had six he's now at 16. he had 14 points and 14 rebounds so the Bears you know we'll see what they what they can do tomorrow um, they're gonna put a bow on the 23-24 home slate with the two- game homestand begin or that began last night actually and then uh, they'll host the league leading Eastern Washington in a big one coming up next. That's next Saturday, February 24th. So that's how they'll end their home slate in a monster game against Eastern Washington. They're going to close their road trip, I should say, tomorrow against Sacramento State, and that's tomorrow afternoon. So we'll have that game for you. We got a lot of stuff happening here. The ugly Carmelo Anthony still just going after it. Making the social media rounds or social media podcast rounds, I should say. Uh, that's my ugly today. And it also is our poll question of the day. Is Carmelo Anthony, by doing all these podcasts, talking about the number 15, talking about the fact that he didn't, he never wanted to be traded to the Knicks when I think Nuggets fans are calling BS on that. And now he's going off talking about George Carl. And here's what he said on an episode of the Brooklyn podcast, he revealed a very shocking conversation with head coach George Carl during their first moments together on the Nuggets. And basically, in a roundabout way, he's sharing the story. When Carl met with him, he invited him into his, his office or whatever, and he told Mello, you're overrated. You are overrated and you have a lot of work to do. And so Mello's kind of talking about that. What I think's what I think the, the meat of this story is now George Carl is coming out on Twitter or X. I keep calling it Twitter, so forgive me. I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. Um, but, y- you know, you, you got to look at this situation here. I'm trying to find the tweet from George. He basically said, um, Mello, that was 20, 20 years ago, man. It was 20 years ago. Give it up. You know, let's move, let's move forward here. Where is it? He said, hey, Carmelo Anthony, let's not do this. You're telling stories that are 20 years old. Let's move forward. And you were overrated. And you wish your game was as efficient as Detlef Shrimps. Now, that's a leg- That's apparently what George Carl told Mello. was like, hey, you're not as good as that guy. We can get you to be that guy. And Mello brought that up on the podcast. And everybody in the podcast room just starts laughing, you know, comparing Mello to Shrimp. I, I think it's crazy because, you know, you... You go back and you look at George Carl when he said his his top players to coach, top 5, Mello is number 5. And he actually writes in there. Do I have to? So what I want to my point here is, yes, Mello is tarnishing his legacy. That's our poll question. Is he tarnishing his Nuggets legacy? I think he kind of is. It doesn't erase the stats. It doesn't erase bringing this team to the playoffs all those years and it doesn't erase their Western Conference Finals trip to go up against the Lakers, but this idea that the Nuggets might ever honor you is going out the window pretty quickly. But I think this is what kind of bugs me about George Carl, and I love George Carl. I have a picture of me and George Carl in a frame in my home office, and I absolutely love it. Jerry Schimmel hooked us up, and we met at a restaurant in Greeley, and it was awesome, And I got to listen to his stories. I could listen to that man talk all day. So this is... no I'm not disrespecting George, but I'm keeping it real. I always say this on this program. I'm not Michael over there with his Broncos gear. I'm logical. I bring logic to the show every day. So even the people that I love, and I I loved watching while I grew up, I have to call it out. George Carl saying, you're telling stories that are 20 years old. Let's move forward. Michael, I got in my hand here a book written by George Carl, called Furious George, where he's doing just that. He's telling stories from 20 years ago, from 30 years ago, from 40 years ago. And some of the things he said about Carmelo Anthony was, in this book, he said, Melo was a user of people. He was addicted to the spotlight. And when he, he was very unhappy when he had to share it. He goes on to talk about how bad of a defensive player was. Or he was. And he, he he wrote his, he put his top five players that he coached in a list in this book. And he put Mello at number five. And he said, it, in parentheses, do I have to? So I, I just, like, you're making money off this book that you wrote. And you're rehashing stuff from 20 years ago, which I'm not, I don't hate you for it. This was an interesting book. It's kind of all over the place, but it was an, a very interesting read. But let's not you know, if you're gonna dish it, you gotta be able to take it too. And if you're gonna if you're gonna put a book together and you're bashing Kenyon Martin and you're bashing Carmelo Anthony, these are true stories and they're they're great for sports fans. We wanna we wanna learn about that. That was such a unique Nuggets team, you know, in the two thousand sevens through two thousand nine ishes or whatever it was. But you know, he he goes into a lot of detail about J.R. Smith, about Kenyon Martin, about Carmelo Anthony. And that's what I find the most interesting here is now you're getting on X because Melo's starting to tell his stories, not in a book, but in a podcast, and you don't like it. You want to move forward. And that's all well and good, but should we forget about the book that you wrote? He's getting a lot of comments and heat on this. In fact, one of the comments I got right off the bat, bit ironic, you wrote a whole book not so long ago with stories that took personal shots at Mellow Kenyon and JR. That's the truth. That's 100% the truth. That, that Nuggets era, I mean, I, I don't know if people would really be interested in it, but I, I think that that would be like a really cool documentary. Because Carl will tell you some stories, and he told me some stories when we when we met up last year, or a year or two ago, whatever it was. But now Mello's telling a story, and Carl doesn't like it. Come on, what? You got to be fair here. And and Martin's telling his stories. George is going into detail about how Kenyon Martin had a be- had a hurt knee, and he flat out told George. He just told him. Said, "I'm not playing tonight." Carl said, "You're not playing tonight." Kenyon Martin said, "You got something in your ears? I'm not playing tonight." So, I mean, Carl keeping that group together was nothing short of miraculous. It it was. And this is why I give coaches in the NBA a lot more credit than, than some people think they deserve. Phil Jackson gets people say, well, is he really that great a coach? Because he had the Jordan era and he had the Kobe era. And that's when he won all those championships. Go back and look at those stories and the managing of relationships back then. That's That right there is a task in and of itself, not just getting the best out of your players and making sure your stars are happy, getting the ball, getting theirs too. That's a lot of what you have to do when you're a head coach, which is also why I'm so enamored by what Michael Malone and Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and AG, like all those guys are doing with this organization, with this team now. And they cut. Hey, as soon as Bones Highland comes in and, and acts like maybe he's going to be one of those drama queen type players, they cut that out quickly. Had some talent, but they saw the writing on the wall. They looked forward. They looked into the future. They looked into their crystal ball and said, "Hey, we're we're going to cut this out right now." So they get. I give George Carl so much credit. I love the book. I bought the book as soon as it came out. I wish I would have had it with me when I met with George. Could have got that signed. And jokingly, Jerry said, yeah, but it would have devalued it. Because Jerry and George have a really unique, fun relationship. And I want to get Jerry on sometime to rehash all this stuff that took place in those early, well, 2010s. Well, I guess it would have been probably, what, 2006 through 2010, something like that. And that was one of the more successful runs. You could argue it was the second most successful run. It was the third most successful run by the Nuggets, wherever you want to go. But those were really good times for fans. They had a lot of players that will go down in history as some of the better Nuggets players. Now, guys like Martin and Nene and J.R. Smith, they're not going to get the praise that the past guys like David Thompson and Dan Issel and Alex English get. What Melo does, or he did... But some of those guys are just not going to get that kind of credit, which is crazy to me because the Nuggets have. Been, when I when I summarize the Nuggets, you had the Alex English, you had the David Thompson days, and then the crossover with David Thompson, Danis, or Alex English a little bit. So you had a nice stretch there, and then Alex English and company did go to a Western Conference Finals. Now, I was too young to watch that, but I know my history. Then you had okay, you could say the Dikembe Mutombo era was kind of cool. It was neat. But really you're just you upset well, George Carl's Seattle supersonics in that first round when you were an eighth seed beating a first seed. That's memorable, but you didn't you didn't go deep. So that I don't really look at that as like one of the great runs, it was one of the great moments, beating a one seed. Then you go to the two thousand nine year. That was another Western Conference Finals trip. It was Chauncey Billups, it was Carmelo Anthony, it was Kenyon Martin. I think the Birdman was on that roster. Chris Anderson, um, you had, let's see, N- Nene, of course, Dehonte Jones, Kenyon Martin, J.R. Smith, some, some good players, Ronaldo ba- uh, Balkman, remember him. And then you have, of course, the Nicole Jokic era. You know, they did go to a Western Conference Finals in the bubble, and we can throw that out, we can do whatever we want, but really, what this group so far will be remembered for is bringing the first ever NBA title to Denver, so... I just think it's fascinating. You know, seeing these guys rehash stuff, and now the mellow stuff is really coming to light. Some of the things he's talking about. And I don't know if we believe him 100% on everything. I certainly don't. Everybody was saying he wanted to go to the Knicks. That's our poll question of the day. Is Carmelo Anthony tarnishing his Nuggets legacy? 86% on Twitter, on X, sorry, buzz me every time, Michael, I say it. X, 86% saying yes. Thirteen percent saying no. Twenty-one minutes after the hour, Michael, we got another state wrestling update coming up. Tanner Schwint's going to be hitting us with another state wrestling update. It, you guys have done such a great job. Mike has been on these uh, these these reports. Tanner's jumping on today. We had the show last night. We're having another one tonight with Bruce Dick. We are doing as much as we possibly can to bring you some coverage from state wrestling and seeing how our Northern Colorado wrestlers. Doing so, we got another report. Is it coming up right after, like right now? Okay, Tanner Schwent on that report. Let's see what's happening at the ball arena and how our no co wrestlers are faring at this stage. It's the whole show powered by Chevron. We'll be right back.
1: Basketball is here, and Bruce is having a ball. Listen to Coach Bruce Dick on Coach Speed. Weekdays at 10 on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA.
0: This is Joel Cannellemessa from RamNation.com. You're listening to The Hall Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Lemons, heating and cooling. Man, it's a little chilly today. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that suck, Michael? If your heat goes out in certain portions of your building, that that's happening right now. It sounds like the fix is coming, but you don't want to, especially at home. When you get home after a long day of work or whatever, and there's certain rooms you go into and it's just freezing in there. The heat's just not. What you what you'd like, you know? Talk to our friends at Lemons Heating and Cooling. They'll get you. They'll get you fixed up pretty quickly. Free estimates are available at LemonsHeatingAndCooling.com. First advantage, text line eight 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 five three zero 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 four three. I'm going to have Kevin Lytle from the Colorado and join us a- after the bottom of the hour break. Talk about a big one tomorrow night for CSU and uh, Utah State. Uh, that's a big game. You know, I mean, we keep throwing around terms like must win. Well, it's must win if you want to win the regular season title. That's that's kind of where this is. So this is going to be a big game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. A couple of news stories on Jimmy G. The Raiders plan to release Jimmy Garoppolo, but also he got a two-game ban for a violation for the NFL's performance-enhancing substance policy situation. So he is... Um, Perhaps, well, they're saying he, he used prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption from the league, according to sources. So there's that. Plus, the Raiders are expected to release Garoppolo before the fifth day of the new league year in mid-March when he could earn an $11.25 million roster bonus. He has an $11.25 million base salary. Guaranteed for the 2024 season that now could be voided because of the suspension. I just hope that doesn't mean what I fear it means. That Sean Payton and the Broncos look at a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. 29 minutes after the hour, poll question of the day. Is Carmelo Anthony tarnishing his Nuggets legacy? Tom says, what legacy? His legacy in Denver will always be called melodramatic. Drums? No, 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 no drums. Back. Michael was laughing so hard he couldn't get the drums. Couldn't, couldn't get them. Susan and Cheryl not—they didn't bring the drum kit today. No, they're just cheering. There's no drum thing. Come on, Mike. El, bum, bum, Just make the sounder. Then, wow. Aaron says who? Brian says his legacy wasn't great, anyways. Some additional tarnish ain't hurting it that much. I, I See, and I don't agree with that, but we'll get into that later. 30 minutes after the hour, Kevin Lytle, Coloradoan, coming up next. First, let's get the latest on the uh, local sports flash.
1: This is Katie Wingey, your host, reporter, and analyst for the Denver Nuggets, and you're listening to the whole show on 1310 KSKA.
0: Welcome back into the whole show live from the Allo Fiber Studios. The Mountain West Conference continues to be an absolute dogfight. And this weekend, actually starting with the with a big one tonight, too, in the conference, is it's just it's wild, man. It's 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 crazy, and this thing could be flipped upside down tomorrow afternoon if the Rams can find a way to beat Utah State. Kevin Lytle joining us now from the Fort Collins, Colorado. And Kevin. Um, it's a huge game tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon I should say for the Rams this is a very significant weekend in the Mountain West Conference
1: yeah exactly you nailed it, there, it it's uh, sort of a mover and shaker weekend if you will of um, a lot of top teams playing each other uh, which you know obviously means there are going to be some significant uh, wins and shuffling in the conference standings so yeah it's a huge weekend and uh, absolutely gets going with a great one tonight with New Mexico uh, at San Diego State, and then carries on into into tomorrow. Easy for me to say, Nevada, <laughs> UNLV, and obviously a CSU Utah State game. So yeah. big, big weekend.
0: Yeah, you look at uh, you know New Mexico, San Diego State. There they sit. New Mexico eight and four, second. They're a game out of that top spot. San Diego State eight and four, a game out. Of that top spot, so this game tonight, man, is going to be a nice warm up ahead of uh, Colorado State game. Uh, Colorado State's game, easy for me to say now, Kevin. Tomorrow <laughs> afternoon.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, this um, tonight's a really fascinating one. I know uh, Jalen House and uh crowd. I think have a relationship of sorts. We'll say that um, should be pretty fiery tonight, and, and a really intriguing game. You know, pretty, Totally different styles, and, and then sort of the tone setter for this weekend. And you know, CSU is a very you know marquee prominent Saturday afternoon game. After that,
0: Kevin, what's have you heard much about Patrick Cartier at this point? Uh, what can you tell us? I know when we had you on a couple of days ago, you said you were hoping to get some more insight there.
1: Yeah, I haven't been out to practice yet. Hope to today, so I'll find out more. Um, so we'll see. Like I say the the one good thing, if you will, for CSU was that is a Tuesday game. And therefore, some a little bit of recovery time um, after that to to get him ready to go, but not sure yet if you know he will be able to go or not.
0: And that's just as you said the other day. Um, that could really impact how the rest of the season goes, and and you know the conference tournament and, and what it looks like ultimately for uh, the NCAA tournament. Going back a few weeks ago, or several weeks ago now, Colorado State goes on the road, plays the Aggies. They lose 77-72. to 72. We know how how tough of a place that is to play. But in that game, Kevin, what was it that really the, the Aggies were doing so well? The Rams had a lead at the half, but they were outscored 49-40 to 40 in the second half to ultimately lose that one. What was it that the Aggies had going for them that night?
1: Yeah, CSU uh had a pretty good first half like you said. It was playing pretty well, had a lead. Uh but second half great O'Subord, um really talented big man had a really good game. Kept into the line, drew a lot of fouls and part of that, if I'm remembering correctly, there was a stretch where Cartier, speaking of, picked up I think his fourth foul, had to go to the bench for a few minutes and Utah State went on a huge run with him out and it's kind of game over at that point. So, you know, keep that in mind when we're talking about if Patrick Cartier will be able to play mm-hmm. or not in this one because he was um he and not was he just is really important to what CSU does in every game. Uh so yeah great Ospor, o- a really good player, um able to draw loss fouls. And CSU struggled offensively a bit in that second half. You know, you look at the numbers, you know, not bad, but just the combo of not gaining enough stops and enough points at the right times ended up costing CSU you know, that's a place not many people win. Um, and, you know, you kind of hope that CSU will be able to, to flip that trend uh, back onto Utah State and, and take care of the home court here in Fort Collins.
0: That's what they've been able to do, right? That's I think that's one of the reasons when you come on and talk to us, Kevin, where you're, you're not hitting that panic button because the Rams have been able to at least take care of business inside Moby Arena.
1: Yeah, and that's huge. Um, if CSU keeps winning at home... It's not going to matter a ton what they do on the road. Uh, obviously you need to win a few to steal the conference title, but as far as the NCAA tournament, if DSU wins at home, they're going to be fine. Uh, so it just makes it really important right now. Um, it's a quad one game for your NCAA tournament metrics. So just, you know, again, it's really big and for that conference race, you know, I, I've been lukewarm on the conference race, you know, since it began because the unbalanced schedules just makes it, um warped uh but if you want to be in that csu you know right now is on the outside but if you beat utah state csu is right back in that mix
0: and that's why tomorrow night is 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 huge and and i like your kind of your your layers of must wins and i like what you did last mm-hmm. week when you're saying hey it's must win if they want this it's must win if they want this well maybe we're in that it's must win tomorrow. If you want to win the regular season title, maybe because it's as tight as it is, you could still see a Utah State team. Maybe you know the, the the bottom falls out the last few games of the season. That could still happen. There's still enough games left for that to happen. But you severely hurt your chances of winning the regular season title or winning the regular season title if you don't win tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, exactly. If, if we're talking just regular season title, then yeah, it is a must win uh, in that standpoint because there's there's no real path back for csu if they lose to utah state it's just too big a hole uh between games behind and then obviously utah state would have the tiebreaker of going two and zero. so yeah from that single standpoint you know csu would have to win to be in that mix but still overall for the season csu is still in a solid ncaa tournament position um a loss even at home to utah state wouldn't be hugely damaging it's more uh impacting your seed line now you don't want to keep getting into this and minimizing or you know, shrinking, I should say your margin fair because CSU has two really tough road games next week. So you, you need to get some of these wins. Um, but it's, it's an important game. And yes, from the regular season Mountain West title standpoint, CSU would need to win to stay in that conversation.
0: How big um, of a performance are we going to need tomorrow night, Kevin, out of a guy like Joel Scott? He had six points against Utah State in that in that loss, the 77-72 loss on the road. And then if Patrick Cartier can't go, I mean, that that's one of those guys you probably are going to lean on him. Because Isaiah Stevens and, and Neek Clifford both had good games there, mm-hmm. and I expect them to probably have good games tomorrow night, but you you're you're going to need a guy like Joel Scott to probably step up even more so than we've seen him at times throughout the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a, definitely a guy to highlight. In part, you know, like you said, we don't know for sure on Patrick Cartier. So certainly if he's out or limited, it increases Scott's um, you know, role a bit more. But then, too, CSU tends to win when Scott plays well. And that Utah State game was in that little slump where Scott kind of I don't want to say lost his way that's too too dramatic but did you know hit a little bit of a, a bump in the road in his first season in you know division 1 basketball and he's been pretty much playing well since then i thought his foul trouble was a huge part of CSU's second half struggle against uh San Diego State the other night cuz he was playing really well so Joel is is going to be very important for CSU in this one you know kind of no matter what if Patrick Cartier is in or out but you yeah. know even more so if Cartier is unable to
0: play. I'd be curious to see how they how they come out in this game tomorrow night. Because, you know, after they lost that really frustrating game against Wyoming, they stormed out of the gates uh, with the follow-up game. Against, I believe that was against San Diego State. So that was great. But they did the same thing against the Aztecs this time around. And, of course, we all know how that second half went down. So this is not just, you know, for the standings and everything. It's just a big game to see how the Rams respond. Because those kind of losses when you score 11 points in the second half and a certain player just kind of starts getting into takeover mode, those kind of losses can can really set you on a, a negative path. The Rams didn't let that Wyoming loss do that to them. They went on, rattled off, what, four wins in a row after that. So I think this is a obviously a very significant moment coming up for the Rams tomorrow afternoon.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. It is important. I expect this team to respond well. I think as kind of shocking as that second half was, I think it's, maybe more impactful, you know, to fans watching than players. I think, you know, by the end of that, it's almost one of those. It's like, man, you know, everything that could go wrong, did go wrong, you know, onward to the next one. Uh, So, yeah, it'll be important to see how they do answer. But I would be surprised. You know, I don't think you're going to see a team come out and go, oh, woe is us. You know, things went wrong. We're in trouble. You know, that doesn't guarantee success. But they played really well at home, played confident at home. I would be surprised if that changes.
0: We, we've discussed this for a while now, this Utah State team with Danny Sprinkle and what they've been able to do. I mean, just storming onto the scenes. I even joked with Isaiah when they played each other a while back, the game we were talking about. And I said, "Oh, that, I don't think that was on like CBS or Fox Sports or whatever. I don't think it was on like any big networks." And and Isaiah even said, well, "Nobody thought we were going to be good. Nobody thought Utah State was going to be yeah. any good." Well, the, the Rams have been solid, and the Aggies, of course, have been pretty phenomenal this season. And I mean, what more can you say about Danny Sprinkle and and his hot start with this team?
1: Yeah, I mean, Danny Sprinkle has to be in the conversation for. You know, coach of the year, not, not in the Mountain West. He's easily the Mountain West coach of the year, but a national coach of the year, zero returning points from last year's team. And they're, you know, right now they're the heavy favorite to win the Mountain West and they're almost certainly in the NCAA tournament. It's pretty incredible what he did. And it also speaks to what he's doing at Utah State because, you know, they're two arguably best players, great Osibor and Darius Brown were at Montana State and, you know, especially Osibor, you look at him and, kind of go uh what like, how, how how did everyone else not get this guy
0: yeah well he, what is he averaging like tw- almost 20 points 18 points yeah, a game basically
1: 20 and 10 you know close to it which is you know just phenomenal so so yeah danny sprinkle like the mountain west has just such good coaches i know you know we've talked a little bit about it and we'll talk about it more in march when uh potential movement happens but man if you can keep these coaches in the league uh, you know, this will just be a common place in the league to have you know four, five, six bids.
0: Well, and admi- admittedly, I, I I watch a lot more Mount West basketball than I watch any other college basketball conference or anything like that. I'll watch one offs and stuff, but man, Kevin, it does. You, you talk about the coaches in this conference and how they're able to find one or two special players almost every single year. I mean, you, you've got a lot. You you could. Point out one team in the conference and say, "Yeah, they got two, one or two guys right there that could be playing." At some point, they're probably going to play professional basketball, whether that's the NBA or not. But man, you talk about coaches finding finding guys that nobody else is going after. You've got tons of those in this Mountain West Conference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You kind of look. Every team can highlight, you know, probably a player or two where it's like, um, I think everyone else kind of missed on on them. You know, even. You know, at CSU, and Nick Clifford, obviously a guy that was heavily recruited, but you look at his production at his previous school compared to what he's doing this year, and it's like, man, uh, I'm not sure he was being used right. Uh, so, yeah, they're they're just a lot of great coaches and uh, I don't want to say hidden gems because obviously Mountain West is gaining a lot of attention right now, but guys that, you know, maybe previously weren't highly touted or entering this season, you know. I don't remember reading a single, you know, national preview talking about, Oh, you know, watch out for Nick Clifford at CSU. You know, so things like that. Uh, these coaches seem to be doing a good job of finding the right guys for their system.
0: Kevin Lytle joining us, Fort Collins, Colorado. And who do you like tonight? Um, Friday night hoops for us. Eight o'clock, FS1, New Mexico, San Diego State. Um, New Mexico outside of CSU is my favorite team to watch with, with House and, and some, some of these amazing players. Um, who do you like in this game?
1: Yeah, I think San Diego State wins. New Mexico confuses me oh, I'm a lot, so talent, and I'm with you. They're they're exciting, but I I think the usage rates for their players are maybe being divvied up in a different way than they should be. Um, and maybe who your lead dog is shouldn't be your lead dog. Uh, but Viejas, as a certain school in Fort Collins knows very well, can be a different animal and. New Mexico hasn't always responded to those well, although they did at Nevada the other day, to be fair. Um, I just think San Diego State will have enough there and, and be able to um, overwhelm New Mexico in some ways and prevent some of those mega runs that New Mexico can go on. So I would say San Diego State.
0: Are you saying, like, with New Mexico, that it should be Dent's team rather than like a house's team? Yeah. Is that because Dent is phenomenal?
1: Yeah, Jalen House shoots he in the games, he shoots he out of games. I don't think he should have a, as much of a role in running the offense as he does. I think that should be done Donovan Dent's team. But there's, uh yeah, obviously I'm not intricately involved in that team, but from afar it seems like um House and Mashburn probably get too many shots and Dent probably doesn't have the ball quite as much as he should.
0: Kevin Lytle. Hey, Kevin, in your mind right now, on the 16th day of February, who's the best coach in the Mountain West?
1: I mean, it's hard to not say Brian Dutcher. He's yeah. in a national championship yeah. last year. I mean, I think you can argue a few different ways, but I can't convince myself to say anyone other than the guy that was in a national championship last year.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's hard to disagree. There's some phenomenal coaches, no question, but Dutcher's Dutch are certainly at the top, Kevin. My that, that, man.
1: Yeah, that, that's such a level of success. Yes, it's hard to to push aside.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fun conference. So many superstar players to to follow. Um, it's it's easy to root for a lot of these teams, Kevin. I know you'll have coverage for us tomorrow. You'll have right. You already have your one of your write ups uh, available at the Colorado and going into that tomorrow night's kind of a special night as well. It's their fight like a ram uh, yeah. partnership with UC Health.
1: Yeah, that's always a a really, I guess important and and special thing CSU does. I think this is the fifth year where you know if you're watching a game and you know you're seeing Isaiah Stevens, but it's not Stevens on the back of his jersey. They wear the name of uh, someone who has fought or is fighting cancer, and and they you know it's not just uh, put their name on it. They they do you know a month or so ago, I think they did a Zoom call to meet these folks, and then. Um, these cancer, you know, warriors were at practice, I think it was yesterday and they get to meet them. And, you know, several of these guys like Isaiah has done it every year it's existed. Now I know that some of these guys are, you know, still, you know, friends and, you know, have contact with, with people they've represented in the past. So really special thing, really, uh, one of the coolest, uh, things CSU and UC health do. Uh, it, you know that I've seen in any sport. Really, it's a really special tradition.
0: No question about it. CSU women host uh, Wyoming 12:30, and okay. then we'll have the men's game. So it'll be should be a nice Saturday of basketball. Kevin, my man, appreciate you jumping on with us again this week, and we'll look forward to catching up with you next week.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Kevin Lytle,
0: Coloradoan. Big game tonight in the Mountain West, uh, New Mexico. And San Diego State, I'm looking forward to it. 1151 the time. We'll take a quick break. We're going to have another state wrestling update with the Tanner Schwint coming up uh, after this.
1: You like podcasts? We podcast every show immediately after it airs at 1310kfka.com or wherever you download your favorite stuff. Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310kfka. This is for Oakmanash. assistant men's basketball coach at Colorado State, and you listen to the whole show on 1310kfka.
0: Welcome back to the whole show. Great job, Tanner, on the uh, reports coming from Ball Arena, this year's state wrestling tournament. A lot of great wrestlers in the area, so we appreciate Tanner jumping on. And, uh, of course, Michael Kirkpatrick doing reports throughout the day yesterday, and we'll keep keep that going later on this afternoon. Tonight, we've got an interesting thing going on. We're going to be at the Colorado Grit game as we're honoring United Way for this uh, really cool deal. We're going to be dropping the puck with them. We've got ice soccer hockey happening. Get your tickets uh, to coloradogrithockey.com. 11.57 the time. Top story of the day. It's coming up next.